1: Roar
0: growl, Snarl Bellow Roar. Welcome to Paleobites, the podcast where everybody walks the dinosaur Except when we talk about mammoths and such uh, <laughs> My name is Matthew Donald and each episode I, a rotating set of guest co-hosts, talk about and rate a genus of prehistoric animal Be it dinosaur, mammal, arthropod, and so on This week I'm joined by uh, acclaimed author. Well,
2: I wouldn't say acclaimed.
0: Acclaimed poetry person. Poet. <laughs> and college friend of mine, Stephen Currow. Hello. Hello.
2: You're too kind. It's just like oh, a few th- poems. Okay, good. Well, but
0: the, the feedback I've seen for it, though, is it's quite good. It's up there. Oh, well. I mean, you're no Shakespeare yet, but, <laughs> but who is? That's true. It's hard to top Shakespeare. Anyways. So, uh, at the beginning, i like to ask them a, a favorite dinosaur question. Uh, or a, fa- a question about their favorite dinosaur or their favorite dinosaur movie or something. Uh, I we've already covered that last time. So last time you were on. So I'm going to ask you this time. Okay. Why are you into dinosaurs?
2: Oh, that's a good question. Well, I like to say that I was one of those kids who never grew out of the dinosaur phase oh, like, Same here <laughs> I, can't, I mean like i like I like dinosaurs because a lot of you know for the same reasons, lots of little kids like dinosaurs they're big they're weird they're they're kind of scary but mm-hmm. when I was in first grade for my birthday, my mom gave me my mom and dad gave me um the two hardback covers of Dynatopia and oh, Dinotopia so The World good. Beneath, and that's what really—that was the clincher for me. Yeah, those so books are so good. That yeah. like from there I was hooked. <laughs> yeah, you've read
0: the new-ish one. New isn't it? Came out twelve years ago. God, Journey to Shandara. Shandara? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, that one's great too. I love that he incorporated new fossil idea, like like a new evidence into the culture. Like now there are dancers that put feathers in their costumes and yeah, dance with the exactly. uh, feathered dinosaurs.
2: Um, he shows. Allosaurus babies with little uh, little tufts, yeah, <laughs> and like, really
0: and I think it's kind of interesting. I normally I would like I wouldn't like it if you break continuity or canon, but I don't mind in this case. Like, he showed oviraptor in the first book, and it was scaly, and this one he shows it again, but it's feathery because that's what we thought at the time. Yeah. I think that's kind of. I mean, for what the books are, you know, they're trying to show realistic dinosaurs in this kind of fantastic world where they kind of like are just a part of culture, and so I don't mind that he breaks the continuity. Or, 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 or yeah. Because it's all about the science, too, in a way. It's
2: of a continuity break and more of a retcon.
0: Yeah, it's kind of more of a, that's more what I mean. Yeah, like, Mm -hmm. see, I don't mind that too much. I I think it'd be cool if they, like, I, I get why they keep them not having feathers, though, in Jurassic World, because they talk about that and, uh, yeah, um, well,
2: if you do notice some of the raptors have like a little feather right
0: well issues. and I think it'd be neat because I think right in the next Jurassic World coming up they're going to explore as well as engine other companies that have made dinosaurs Uh-oh. because they brought the because uh, they, they opened the Pandora's box you know it's kind of hard to bring it and I think it'd be interesting if there was an actual accurate velociraptor in it and it meets Blue and Blue's like what is this thing the
2: size <laughs> of a chicken <laughs> you're a mutant no you're the mutant no. <laughs> I think it'd be funny <laughs> Really
0: okay, cool. so, uh, yep, so so last time you were on, we were talking about the non-dinosaur, dinosaur, <laughs> Dimetrodon, except yes. it's not a dinosaur. <laughs> but, um, and this week we're talking about one of the most dinosaur of dinosaurs, and that it's one of the most famous ones. Uh-huh. Whenever someone, whenever you know, say someone, quick, think of a dinosaur, they usually think of a couple of choices, probably a long neck, probably a T-Rex, or this one we're talking about, which is the always classic stegosaurus yes
2: and i actually used to work at dinosaur ridge where they discovered the first scientifically recognized stegosaurus right i actually
0: bring this up in my notes here yeah because i i I volunteer to it's our yeah (laughs) it's okay no worries no it's no it's fine I, i i regularly volunteer at dinosaur ridge so uh i yeah i talk about giving tours there um so Stegosaurus, the roof lizard type, guess what? It's a Stegosaurid. <laughs> a lot of times, though. Oh, no I
2: guess that. No. Well, a
0: lot of times with those families, like they name them after either the most, the first ver- the first recognized version of that... Or the most famous, or, like, the biggest, or the, like, the the most typical. That's kind of how they do it.
2: I think it's all of those.
0: Yeah, like, it varies. As
2: far as I can tell, as far as I'm aware, it is the first stegosaurid to be discovered. Right, so... And it's definitely the largest that they've found so far.
0: Right. Although, like, I wonder, like, for some... I think Nothronychus was discovered before Therizinosaurus, but they're called... He's called a Therizinosaur. Don't quote me on that, though. Mm. I don't...
2: I don't know. My, I'm a little less versed on those guys. Those guys are. A bit weird. <laughs> Just a bit. Just a bit.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, uh, Stegosaurus was 30 feet slash 9 meters long and 5 to 7 tons. We're which, talking
2: the size of a school bus, folks.
0: Yeah, it's pretty big <laughs> and it could do a lot of damage, which we'll get to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, it is an herbivore, thankfully. <laughs> Oh, I don't think it would be a very good predator. I guess it could kill things with its spike, but it couldn't run up and catch anything.
2: No, it's not good at... it. It's, it's a tank. It... Yeah.
0: Kind of, yeah. Not quite as much of a tank as Ankylosaurus, but still a tank. Yeah. Although neither of them have cannons, so they're technically not a tank. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> Drat. <laughs> they could just
0: be armored transports. There you go. That's Except they'd they have to transport above them because they don't have... Inside. Anyway, the metaphor's <laughs> falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> oh my word! All right, at the time they lived in the Late Jurassic, 155 to 150 million years ago. They were found in most a lot of Western U.S., but mostly Colorado and Portugal, oddly enough.
2: <laughs> huh? Portugal? <I> didn't <laughs> yeah. Know
0: that. Yeah. No, I didn't know that either until I looked this up. I'm like, whoa, that's weird. That's one lost Stegosaurus. <laughs> 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 um, pop culture appearances? Oh, so many. King Kong, the original, the original nineteen thirty-three one, where I think it tries to eat the people.
2: Yeah, that that was back in the thirties where they didn't really know much about dinosaurs. <laughs> right,
0: the Land Before Time, of course, uh, the Jurassic Park series from the Lost World onward, mm. Walking with Dinosaurs, and Megazoic, which I won't, I, I'm, I will leave the, I will leave spoilers out of this, so I won't to give this any context, but I'm just going to say, yeah, there's a,
2: there's a Stegosaurus in there. Yes, yeah, there certainly is. Isn't sound. there? <laughs>
0: So, yeah, Stigosaurus is in the elite three or four strong club of dinosaur species any average schmuck can name. And this makes it the legend of, a legend in dial pop culture. Everyone knows it, everyone loves it, it's the best. It was discovered, and this is a name we'll mention quite often in the show, uh, by Neil Charles Marsh, uh, Marsh during the Bone Wars. Uh, and a site at Dinosaur Ridge in Morrison, Colorado, where I used to work
2: and I occasionally volunteer at. Uh huh. F- what? Oh, just that. It was actually Arthur Lakes who did all the work and dug up um, the Stegosaurus, but since Othniel Marsh was a jerk, he gets all the credit. He wasn't, like, on his team at all? No, he, he was... I mean, like, he did go on digs across the American West like he didn't
0: work for I assume that Othello Charles Marsh paid people like fine go here dig here and then like yes
2: but you know he got to showcase and name the Stegosaurus oh okay so even though he
0: did one, okay. No,
2: basically no one outside of Dinosaur Ridge knows about Arthur Lakes
0: yeah I was gonna say I never heard of him what's his name I'm gonna write down the notes here yeah (laughs) Arthur Blake you said Arthur Lakes Arthur Actually, Arthur Lakes. I mean, no one sees this other than me, but yeah, I just want yeah. to remember his name.
2: He dug it up, but then he sent the, spec- the specimen back to um, Othniel Marsh, who studied, who studied it and then named it. And nice. And now it's in the basement of the ALP Body Museum. Nice. <laughs> But so, uh, I've
0: given tours at this site, as have you, where it was discovered. Yes. Uh, which makes me, real. I think it's really cool. Now, if I, if I want to be a true paleo nerd, though, I need to give tours at the site where Cryolophosaurus was discovered.
2: Oh, yeah. That's dedication right there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> listeners, it was discovered in Antarctica, just as, in case you don't get the joke. <laughs> okay. So... Uh, obviously, there's the, a lot of distinctive features about Stegosaurus, but the most distinctive feature is... It's tail spikes. <laughs>
2: thought you were going to say the head. No, okay. <laughs> well,
0: actually, here, you'll see how I'm going, where I'm going with this. Uh, technically, the tail spikes are called thagomizers.
2: Ah, yes, the thagomizers.
0: <laughs> Four spikes at the end of the tail, over three feet long apiece, capable of impaling deep wounds into the ankles of any poor predator caught in its path. To ensure they hit their targets, a lot of artists kind of show it as like the spikes kind of pointing upwards, but no, they point outwards. Mm-hmm. Upwards wouldn't work, as, believe it or not, a Stegosaurus is not a scorpion. So, (laughs) it couldn't just go, (laughs) woof!
2: Kind of hard to do a side-to-side motion if your weapon is at an angle.
0: Yeah. No, that was pretty scary. I think they found impalement wounds, like puncture wounds. In an allosaurus. In an allosaurus femur or something, yeah. Ouch. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, the most... No, actually, the most distinctive feature of Stegosaurus is... It's tiny brain, right? <laughs> um, I was joking about that, but yes. Yeah, exactly. M- many uh, children's dinosaur books probably state the brain to be a size of a walnut, but it's a bit bigger than that. It's A little bigger, but it's still quite small for an animal of its size. But keep in mind, we found that the brains of birds are more efficient than those of mammals. I don't know if you knew this, but it takes one bird neuron to do three or four work the work of three or four mammal neurons. Oh, wow. So, which means that a bird can have a similar intelligence to a mammal with a relatively much smaller brain. Oh. So bird brain is actually quite a compliment because of this.
2: Yeah, why do we we need to stop calling? We need to stop using that as an insult. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh wow, you're so, you, you won the you Nobel prize? prize. You're such a bird brain. Like I know, right? What are you looking at? You mammal brain. <laughs> yeah, and that's really what we should say.
0: But so it makes sense. Like, okay, it, I mean, this is. It might not be the case, but it would make sense if dinosaur brains were similar. Which meant that stegosaurus wasn't a complete dumbass. I would hope <laughs> only half of one, <laughs> because um, it still has a small brain. Yeah.
2: One thing I want to point out: there, you might have heard that stegosaurus has two brains.
0: Oh, that was, was the next thing was going to ah, do. up. Well, there you go. No, okay. for real this time. The most distinctive feature of stegosaurus is its two brains. Wait, sorry, that's a long, long disputed theory based on a canal that they found in the stegosaurus's yeah. hips, which is nothing out of the ordinary. So this theory's dumb.
2: I've heard that. Some people think that it was just a bundle of nerves that. i so thought that. Not not like to, an actual second brain, right? But it did help with connection a little bit. Well, yeah.
0: If you got to swing that tail around, you know. Get to, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I'm a, I remember. I love the movie Pacific Rim, but I was disappointed when they brought up this theory at one point. When he says, "Like, you know, the Kaiju are so big, they need two brains to walk around like mm-hmm. a dinosaur." I'm like, "That's not what
2: that. No, uh, <laughs> come on." That, And you're supposed to be A brilliant scientist No
0: (laughs) They did also mention That movie that um, That uh, The the kaiju Tried a a trial run And it was the dinosaurs So yeah
2: Apparently dinosaurs Are kaiju Well they were Either They were
0: The director Was ambiguous Whether or not The dinosaurs Were kaiju Or the kaiju Were the ones That wiped out The dinosaurs
2: Oh, I thought he implied that they were.
0: Yeah, I don't know, because that'd be weird, because that means birds are
2: kaiju, then, too. Mm -hmm. It's a very bizarre kaiju. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that. You're right. If they are dinosaurs, I don't know. Uh, my bird
0: thinks she's a kaiju sometimes. <laughs> she gets so fierce. Anyways,
2: uh, what's
0: also dumb, as well as the two-brain thing, is me prolonging this distinctive feature of minimal humor. Let's finally talk about those damn back plates. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the correct way to position them uh, is two rows of alternating plates. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than, like, the paired double row along the back like you sometimes see. Originally, Marsh's interpretation is that they were light flat along the back like armor, which is where it got the name Roof Lizard.
2: Uh-huh. I'm not kidding. If you
0: look up the original drawing, it looks like Godzilla. Nice. <laughs> well, I think Godzilla's supposed to be, like, the the head and overall body of a T-Rex, the arms of an Iguanodon, and the spikes of a Stegosaurus is yeah, kind of they, what it was going Yeah, they definitely for. included
2: that a little bit when they made Godzilla. But, yeah. like, the original drawing, it's, like, uncanny. You have a two-legged Stegosaurus <laughs> with these weird... Plates kind of on the back, and then rudder... Um, uh, no, I'm getting, I'm getting all tongue-tied. That's okay. Lord, <laughs> just look it up. Just look it up.
0: Yeah, no, I remember reading that they actually they might have considered the idea that it was bipedal because it had such shorter front legs compared to its back legs but then they realized how front heavy it was they
2: they actually found evidence that the babies are bipedal that could work at the Morrison uh, Natural History Museum which is down the road from Dinosaur Ridge they have footprints on display real footprints and it's just the front back ones there are baby footprints where it's just the back ones so the babies were you know walking around like an awkward puppy well I think
0: they think that even the adults if they wanted to could rear up to like reach a really high branch That makes sense so yeah um uh, so anyway, so they originally Marsh interpreted it the light flat, but then in 1891 they thought they had a single, a single row of plates for a bit, but this was dropped fairly early on due to the lack of understanding of how the plates were embedded in the skin. Uh, then they thought they were paired in a double row along the back, which is seen its, in its appearance in the 1933 King Kong.
2: Right, right. That's where they started to get yeah. the right idea.
0: But then in the 1960s, they realized the correct alignment was two rows of alternating plates based on discovering some more complete skeletons where the plates show this arrangement. <laughs> so, at one point, it was suggested that they use them to regulate... Wait, no, hold on. I'm going a bit ahead of myself. As for what the plates do, that's been a serious debate among paleontologists for years.
2: Oh, yeah. There's still going on about it.
0: <laughs> at one point, it was suggested that they use them to regulate body temperature, like the sail and dimetrodon, as we just talked about last time you were on. Mm-hmm. But this idea is not without its critics, since other species in the family have low, more low surface area spikes on their on their back rather than plates, which implies that the cooling wasn't terribly important. Hmm. Um, some, like walking with dinosaurs, theorize that they could pump blood into them to give them a threatening flash of color, but others say this is unlikely due to the plates being covered in horn rather than skin. Horn? Yeah, kind of like a, an antler is kind of made out of a horn, like a, of a deer.
2: Oh, is that what it's coated in? Huh.
0: Possibly. I mean, it's like a sort of a keratin sort of thing.
2: Keratin, yeah, yeah. Um, could be. Uh, s- a lot of people, like when I, when I gave tours at Dinosaur Ridge, I would ask the kids, what do you think the plates were for? And the number one thing that usually came up was it was armor. Right. So, That's the yeah. thing.
0: Yeah, I forgot to mention this at one point. I, I actually had this up here. Using them defensively was a popular theory, but it doesn't seem right because they leave the sides unprotected, and they're also kind of fragile. They're really fragile. So, so thin. Yeah. Like, um, the, the, if you want protection, those spikes in the back, they do a good enough job. Exactly. Um, at one point, I remember hearing that uh, they could move Ooh. these plates...
2: Yeah, I've heard, like, I've heard that theory. I think they... Um,
0: they pre- It's pretty much discounted now, yeah, right? Yeah, they, like, they debunked it.
2: But it was an idea that they could kind of like drop or raise... Raise or plates, lower them, yeah. Which would be kind of cool.
0: That would be kind of cool. Uh, currently, the most agreed upon idea is that they use them for display.
3: Hmm.
0: Like kind of like swaying them with their sides during corpship and also intimidation. Which makes sense. And also, support for this theory comes from studying close relatives of Stegosaurus Hesperornus. Hes- not Hesperornis, Hesperosaurus. Which I'd never heard of before. Uh, <laughs> I started I know that one studying this and confused it with Hesperornis, the big duck, flightless duck from <laughs> basically from uh, the Cretaceous period, which we might cover in another later episode. Uh, but they found that Hesperornis's sails m- might have been sexually dimorphic, with wide plates for the males and tall plates for the females. Mm. So that that might that could be a good reason for it. What's your theory, listeners? <laughs> yes, it's like in the de- Giving the tours, like, what do you guys think it's for? <laughs> uh-huh. Anyways, yeah, that's 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 a lot. This is a lot of info I have here on Stegosaurus, but it's one of the it's famous and therefore it's also one of the most studied ones. One of
2: the most iconic dinosaurs, really.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's the state fossil of Colorado. It where, is. Yep, so that's pretty cool. Yeah,
2: thanks to the dedicated. Um, uh, campaigning from the students of McElwain Elementary. Oh, they, nice. It took them like several years, but they kept riding into the, to the state, and they finally made it in the 70s, I think. They made it the state fossil.
0: Nice. Uh, I was going to bring this up last episode when you mentioned your favorite aspect, I forgot. But um, Sorofaconex, you said, is yes. it's the state fossil of Oklahoma. Is it really? Yeah.
2: Ooh, awesome. So, ha!
0: yeah, Thanks. like it's on display in the Sam Noble Museum in Oklahoma.
2: Um Oh now I want to go to Oklahoma. Yeah.
0: It's, like it's fighting Ohio. against uh it's in Norman, Oklahoma. I had relatives there and I went there and my my parents they uh went to OU and that museum is kinda of sponsored by OU, so therefore they were able to use your connections their connections there. My book Megazook, is in the gift shop at the Sam Noble Museum. So Oh fantastic. So yeah. That's pretty cool. We'll speak it uh, we'll get to that. Um <laughs> so, yeah, uh that's that's basically it on stegosaurus. I mean, there's more probably we could say, but this is meant to be more kind of for fun rather than like serious yeah, yeah. paleontological discussion. I mean,
2: if you want to, if you want to go more for fun, one thing that I noticed even as a little kid in the original King Kong. Yes. So there are three dinosaurs that show up in that in that movie. Yes. There's a T. Rex, there's an apatosaurus, and there's a stegosaurus or right. brontosaurus, some sort of sauropod. Right. All Come three on. of them have the exact same roar. Nice. So, yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, kind of... Uh, yeah, it's like a... It's kind of like a graspy... Right. Ground. King Kong at
0: least has a different roar, right? Oh,
2: yeah. Well, yeah, okay. he, he sounds more like a gorilla. And That's then they good. do encounter a pteranodon or pterodactyl-ish thing who yeah. he squawks, which is nice. good. And there's a plesiosaur. <laughs> there is? doesn't I make any, any sound. Any, yeah. He wraps himself around Kong like a snake. Totally Ooh, inaccurate, but. Fun that's flash. a cool idea, but yeah, that yeah. is
0: inaccurate. <laughs> Don't worry, we bring up some fun, inaccurate sort of ideas. Like uh, we were talking about Arthropleura in another episode, the big millipede one. Oh. The really big one. Yeah. yeah. And one of my co hosts thought, she well, no, it was her, my, Christina, my friend Christina, her husband, was suggest, could they roll into a ball? I'm like, probably not, because it was a millipede. And I was like, unless it's like a fruit roll-up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that would be, that's an odd image. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: so yeah, we can say silly stuff like that here. I don't care. Anyway, so everyone, time for everyone's favorite uh, part of the show, I think, Well will we'll find out, <laughs> is rating it one out of 65 million. Ah, yes. I think I'm going to give it a perfect 65 million. Mm. It's just classic. There's Everything it sets out to do, it does well,
2: I have to agree. Yeah. It's, like, it's, a, it's a classic.
0: I don't think there's anything I could improve on. It's run. a
2: very unusual, uh, amazing animal. And um, we're from Colorado. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's so our state foster. We have to support it. Yes. Be
0: patriotic in a way. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's the state version of, of patriotism, nationalism, or guess. In a way? Statism. That's what they do in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> we have a real good reason for it. Texas, I don't know. What, what, what does it have? As cows. <laughs>
2: What, what is cows?
0: Texas. We Tex- have a reason for our state pride. What does Texas have other than the fact that it's big? <laughs> uh,
2: we have mountains. We have, have mountains. a higher health rate. We have... We um, have... Uh, I don't know, but Texas has
0: oil, so yeah. That is true. They like that down there.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> Texas also has Austin, which is a really my family. Austin's lives there. a great town, and it, yeah, it's a really fun hippie town.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, my yeah. Uh, sister uh, and her kids are living. They live in Austin, so that's cool. Nice. nice. Anyways, yeah. all right, so that's it for this, sh- this week. Uh, if you want to get a hold of the podcast, you can email us at matt d at and you can find me on social media at matthewdoncreator on Facebook, at matthewdon sixty four on Twitter, and matthewdon sixty four on Instagram. Uh, you can contact me Contact Stephen Contact any of our co-hosts You can just be like Hey you This is my question And I'm like Okay you I'll answer it
2: <laughs> Exactly So
0: um, If you're interested in writing I have a writing podcast Called The Ritwit Where two twits talk about writing Not this twit Me and another guy <laughs> But um, you call on a twit No okay That's yeah, no, okay We're all twits <laughs> Everyone's a twit Everyone in the world Except for maybe uh... No everyone's a twit <laughs> Okay Okay <laughs> Uh, it's some other guy. I don't know his name. His name's Matt, actually. I don't know why I say
2: that. Another Matt. Interesting.
0: There's, yeah, I know. There's so, we're really rare. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, if you want to. Uh read a di- my dinosaur book series Megazoic it's available on Amazon for print and Kindle it's a dinosaur sci-fi so that's pretty cool right very
2: fun
0: please give it a review or buy it or you know do what you will with it. use it as firewood if you want I don't care I still get the sale firewood <laughs> yeah if you buy it sure do whatever you want with it I got your money uh, uh,
2: okay. That's <laughs> okay your, your series Also, <laughs> uh, you got
0: some books too or some uh, um, some writing stuff some,
2: some publications yeah I'm on uh, I publish fiction on the webzines Daily Science Fiction and 365 Tomorrows, and I also have some poetry published out in Acorn Haiku, and there's more coming in uh, Sci Fi Quest.
0: Nice. Good stuff. Very cool. All right. <laughs> well, uh, see you guys next week, and as we say at the end of every uh, uh, Paleobites episode,
2: eee, eee. Oh <laughs> <God. Eee>. roar. <laughs> <laughs>